podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the Cricket Badger IPL Daily Podcast 2021, the Indian Premier League 14th edition. It's great to have you with us. From the first match all the way to the final. Chennai Super Kings, Delhi Capitals, Kolkata Knight Riders, Mumbai Indians, Punjab Kings, Rajasthan Royals, Royal Challengers, Bangalore, Sunrisers, Hyderabad. May the best team win. Brought to you in association with Who Knows Wins. Put your money where your mates are and play along with the Cricket Badger. Hello everybody, welcome along to another edition of the IPL 2021 Daily Podcast and we're nearly there, we're nearly there at the first game which is on Friday and uh, I can't wait for it to get going. It seems that we've been talking about it for, for so long but the uh, first ball will be bold in anger on Friday and I'm delighted to say I am joined as always just ahead of the IPL by uh, the Edges and Sludges podcast. It's DJ today. DJ, how are you? James, I'm very well, thank you. Um, as I said just before we started, this has become a bit of a tradition. So it's really good to be speaking to you again. Um, yeah, looking forward to this chat. I was going to say, it's not long since we last spoke. It seems like quite a long time ago, but with two IPLs quite close together because of COVID, there are very few positives about COVID-19, but we've got two IPLs almost back to back, which is one of the few positives we can draw on the last year. Absolutely. And your team, the Mumbai Indians, had beaten our team, the Delhi Capitals. So um, the two teams look pretty strong again this year, which I'm sure we'll get into. So hopefully uh, the result will be reversed in 2021 and we break the curse of never having won the IPL. As you said, one of the few actual good things to come out of COVID uh, is having two IPLs sort of back to back almost. And I mean, the numbers are rising in India, so I'm hoping it all goes off easy. And well, I was going to ask you about that because, I mean, we did a, did a show about that, that talking about COVID-19. There's been uh, Daniel Sams today been tested positive for COVID. From my side of things, DJ, it looks like it's the bubble working to me. Um, they've obviously set up the bubble. Players are coming into it from outside. Some of them have picked up COVID, obviously, en route. To India somehow, somewhere, a, a good bubble should actually detect those positive cases coming in, isolate them and hopefully finish it there. We've got more of a problem if there are positive tests coming in sort of two or three weeks time, haven't we? Absolutely. And I think the testing, as you say, is working. The testing is really uh, quite regular in the IPL, as I understand it. The players have uh, fairly sore noses by the end of it, along with the broadcasters and everyone who's doing stuff around the IPL. They all get tested. The uh, integrity of the bubble lasts time was tested heavily by by the police, I believe, in the UAE. They would come and do kind of surprise checks and stuff. But, you know, there's so much at stake in the IPL, right? It, it's such a huge tournament. We've seen the PSL having been cancelled with lots of players testing positive and, and stuff. And what we don't want is for the IPL to go the same way. So they are going to be going out of their way to make sure it all goes off well. There's sponsors involved, there's teams involved, there's big money involved. And I mean, they've got a massive interest in making sure it all goes off properly. So, um, Fingers crossed there aren't any further scares and the players themselves actually more importantly recover from um, the infections that that have been detected. I think DDP is now negative if I'm not wrong. Yeah. And um, Nitish Rana as well is back in the fold. Um, although I think Kiran More, who's slightly older with the Mumbai Indians team, is still asymptomatic but isolating. But it's it's so, I mean, 
it's worrying, right? All of this going, go, the numbers going back up. And um, I mean, Mumbai has gone back into partial lockdown. I know Delhi's doing a night curfew as well. So, I mean, people need a, a reason to uh, to be happy and to, to cheer for. And, and the IPL gives us yeah. that and uh, hopefully it goes off well. So I, for one, am keeping my fingers very tightly crossed. I, I had somebody commenting on one of my tweets this morning where I was kind of trying giving the positive side of the positive test like I gave to you. And he was saying, I imagine a Pakistani saying, it's all about the money. It's all about everything else. If, you know, the PSL, as soon as there was a, po- a positive test, everybody went home. Um, IPL are hanging around because obviously it's a bigger tournament. It's got more money in it. But as I said, I don't think it is that at all. This is just, if you go back to the UAE last time, there were some positive tests ahead of the IPL 2020, weren't they? But they got on top of it. The bubbles were then secured and they did a fantastic job through the rest of the tournament. Hopefully it's going to be the same again. And hopefully they've learned lessons from IPL 2020, which they've brought into this one. Absolutely. And the last time, I think the uh, Chennai camp had a bunch of positive tests and stuff. And this time, uh, you're you're absolutely right. The distinction between this and the PSL is that that happened while the games were on. People were on the field. It was players that had tested positive. So... It would be more worrying. And I know the last time around, we spoke to uh, one of the broadcasters who was out there in the UAE, and they said that in the initial stages, the teams themselves were kept in separate bubbles to make sure that they didn't contaminate each other if there were any positive tests. Whereas as the tournament got on and people kept testing negative, they were allowed to high five and shake hands and, and hug each other and stuff and basically interact. But for the, you would have seen for the first few games, they kept quite far away from each other, which I suspect is going to be the the protocol this time as well. What toll it takes on these players, man. I mean, we've got to, to take our hats off to these guys as well. They've been in bubbles. There's bound to be, I mean, you and I, we're both fatigued, right, of COVID. And there's enough chat. It's just been so long. But these guys have got to go out and play cricket at an extremely high level, perform and um, basically do uh, earn their living. So... I mean, that's where we've got to be understanding, isn't it, as well? Because yeah. uh, we, I don't think there is that understanding sometimes when you suddenly see a Jofra Archer pulling out because of an injury, when you suddenly see a player deciding not to go to a tournament because of COVID, or sometimes they use a different exa- a different excuse, but tend to think it is because of COVID-19. We have to basically think, fair enough, you know, these are human beings with families that they're missing. They are obviously taking the risk. And if we want to see a tournament played at 100% with everybody entertaining us and smiles on faces and everything we want to see, we have got to be understanding of the people that are struggling in that situation as well. Absolutely. And you see the relief when these guys come out of their quarantines as well. They they go crazy. These guys are out on the field playing in the sun and under lights usually. They, they love the crowds. They love people. And you can see the relief that they have when they come out of this this quarantine. You've got Chris Gale, I think, at the moment quarantining. He's going absolutely ballistic. He's he's uh, dancing. He's moonwalking to uh, Michael Jackson in his in his bathroom. And it's, it's completely mad. <laughs> as you do. He's, uh, he's lost it. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I would imagine of anybody out there, he's probably the hardest one to tie down to get to quarantine because he's not one to uh, um, not explore the locality socially distant I mean that, that's <laughs> that's very. a good example actually Chris Gale because he is somebody who when he's in a country will try and experience the country he likes the nightlife he likes to get around he likes to interact he likes to socialise and players like Chris Gale the more extrovert players are going to find these bubbles quite tough aren't they absolutely and um, yeah it's going to be hard on these guys but hopefully they, they pull through it we've got vaccinations hopefully coming through for everyone at some point so maybe we will go back to a new normal sooner than we think but until then uh, we've got a month and a half of cricket coming up which um, I think both of you and I are going to enjoy greatly following as well as podcasting about exactly 
Who Knows Wins? Download our app right now from the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store and play against your friends with bragging rights and real money on the line. Who Knows Wins? Put your money where your mates are. Who Knows Wins? In a league of their own. And let's get into the cricket, shall we? Rather than COVID-19, hopefully we don't talk too much about COVID-19 as we go through this tournament. Let's start off at uh, the bottom. And I mean, last time when we got together ahead of IPL 2020, we went through each of the franchises in, in a little bit of detail. We kind of gave them marks out of 10 and we put them in an order. I don't think we're too far away, actually, thinking back to it. But let's try and do it maybe slightly differently today and think about who we think are going to be the teams that are going to struggle that might frequent the bottom end of the, of the table. Give me who you you think might finish bottom of this IPL 2021 table? Ooh, that's actually a tough one to start off with. Um, I mean, that, just before you give me the example, give me your answer then. I mean, IPL 2020 was the closest one we ever had. There were hardly any points between first and eighth, were there really? And going into the final couple of rounds of fixtures, everybody could qualify still. So are we going to see something similar again? Because we have neutral venues again, haven't we? So the, a team like CSK, for example, isn't going to have home advantage on a slow turner that they would have been buying players in to try and exploit everybody's going to be tested in different sorts of conditions so are we going to see a very close contest again so I think we will because I think they they rotate through the various grounds and various pitches and various conditions I think all of them play at kind of three or four grounds over the course of the over over the course of the IPL so it will test different skills for each of these teams so the most well-rounded of these teams will likely make it through to the playoffs now uh, starting from the bottom I think the, so, so what you're saying is we're looking for the least well-rounded then, aren't we, if you're going to go from bottom upwards? Yeah, yeah. I think that that is, that is uh, what, what I'm going for because in my mind, I've got the most well-rounded teams, which I'm sure we'll come to. But I think Rajasthan, and I hate to say this because I really like the franchise and I like the players, and they can be exciting on their day to watch, but they've got so much of a dependence on their marquee foreign players. They're missing Jofra, who was their highest wicket taker last year. I think he took 21 wickets at 20 a piece or something like that and he was so far ahead of the rest as well wasn't he you know, yeah there was Jofra and then there was the rest kind of at least 50% of his wickets lower down and yeah. just playing the support act weren't they yeah and, and they've they've lost Jofra they've got Stokes but there's question marks about his bowling about how he plays D20 cricket as well so uh, they've obviously got Butler they've um, invested heavily in the most expensive man in IPL history uh, Chris Morris but even then I, I just I can't see them making it I mean they're either going to be 7th or 8th I think in my mind I, they're, they're definitely not going to qualify but having said the word definitely um, most likely they, they will prove us wrong and go well, ahead one, one of the beauties of the IPL is that anybody can win it really I mean you can make better better cases for some of them to get to the latter stages but if a team like Rajasthan who I've got down in 8th as well on my list. But if they suddenly, if their marquee players all perform to their best, if Ben Stokes has an absolutely amazing IPL, if Josh Butler plays as we know he can, if Chris Morris does what they're hoping he's going to do, they can surprise a few, can't they? Yeah, absolutely. And it is about getting to those playoffs. And to get to those playoffs, you need consistency. And 
Rajasthan have flashes of brilliance. They'll win games by large margins. You'll have Tevatia come in and score runs against uh, uh, the Kings Eleven Punjab or the Punjab Kings, as they're now called. But they lack that consistency. And it's almost like they're a reflection of their new captain, Sanju Samson, who'll come in and smash a hundred and everyone's talking about him. And then he's he's nowhere for the rest of well, the tournament. On, on Sanju, when he plays well, there are a few better players to watch in, in the IPL because he can hit the ball as clean as anybody such a, it's a beautiful swing of the bat do you think the captaincy we've got a few new captains in this tournament do you think Sanju Samson who is the height of inconsistency can be amazing and then can go quiet and cold for a few games do you think the captaincy might just level him off a little bit so I, I like the Sanju pick as captain actually because he's 26 now he's been around in the IPL for about 8 or 9 years now he's played for India He's he's got a point to prove actually with the T20 World Cup coming up he's, he's going to be gunning for one of those middle order spots which yep. are so clustered at the moment it's so it's so busy over them and I like it because they've gone for a domestic player a local player for uh, for their captain they had Smith last year who they let go off which the Delhi Capitals then acquired and that kind of messed around with their combinations they were forced to play Smith in every game whereas now they've got Sanju who walks into every uh, T20 lineup for them so I like that it'll also give him that extra responsibility perhaps to try and bat a little bit more sensibly almost because as you say he's a beautiful player to watch but he can it feels a little bit like he throws his wicket away now it also and I've said this before on our podcast that it's a function of how good these players are to watch it's a little bit like Rohit Sharma it looks lazy when he gets out hitting the ball but it's not they're just so easy on the eye otherwise that that lazy elegance is then translated into laziness when when they get out I can remember when I interviewed David Gower on this podcast 18 months ago whatever it was David Gower was the height of that because he was so graceful and, and lazy and stroked the ball beautifully through the covers but when he edged to second slip that was the criticism so it kind of the strength is the weakness isn't it absolutely and, and I'm hoping Sanju has a consistent season I'd rather see him score 750s than 200s yeah. and and make his case for that Indian Indian call up again because he's he's a fantastic player he's been dropped after the Australian tour where it looked like he'd been given the license to go and accelerate in those middle overs a kind of like what Sky does now he's he, he's got a point to prove and he's he's a smart cricket He's a, he's a he's a fantastic cricketer, fantastic fielder. We saw what he did on the boundary last year, and um, I think captaincy will sit well with him. He's 26, so a little bit older than Pant and the others. So right time for him, and uh, the Royals have made a good decision on that front. We'll come back to Delhi Capitals obviously later. I imagine quite, quite a bit later. I would imagine. Let's talk about Rishabh Pank very quickly alongside Sanju Samson because he's another Indian player who's been given the captaincy. That's not a surprise, as you say, by giving it to a local player, you're not then saddled to have to pick an overseas player all the way through. It gives you that little bit of flexibility with selection. But equally, you could say the same about Rishabh Pant. I mean, my person, I've seen a lot of people say they think it's an inspired choice, Rishabh Pant. And obviously, it's a great marketing tool because he's a massive name in India at the moment, off the back of his feats in Australia and against England. I personally would have liked to have seen him just go into the IPL and just been told to go out there and enjoy it and just carry on playing like you're playing giving him all of that experience is a little bit of a risk isn't it in his case well absolutely so um, for, for your listeners who haven't heard the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast we're colloquially called the Rishabh Pant Show <laughs> ever since we started we actually watched his first ball in Test Cricket we were at Trent Bridge, Trent Bridge when he came out and hit I think he drove his first ball to uh, to cover and then hit his next ball to get off the mark in Test Cricket for six o- over long on and uh, Varun and I my co-podcaster we both stood up and we were like 
who is this man? Who's who's turned up to do this for for Indian cricket? And ever since then, we've been massive fans. We also bumped into him leaving the hotel. So we've got a selfie with him, which uh, is a pretty <laughs> treasured possession, actually. We've backed him all the way through. We've said he's had the talent. He's been top scorer for Delhi for a few years. He had a t- terrible IPL last year. So he was probably at his lowest last year, I would say. They were kind of, everyone was on his back. We were testing out new wicket keepers left and right. We had Rahul keeping wicket. We had Sanju keeping wicket. We had, he lost his spot in the Indian limited overs side. He wasn't the first choice test keeper. He was probably at his lowest before he played that 50, uh, the, that knock of 50 in the IPL final last year, which we I think he came in at 24 for three. And, or so. and the thing with Rishabh is that when he, he's the sort of player that when he's brilliant and he's hot, he is amazing. He can do anything. Everybody has down times as well. And in the same way Sanju Samson, you say he sometimes looks lazy. For a Rishabh Pant style player, he looks reckless, doesn't he? He looks like he's thrown his wicket away with just a reckless shot. Whereas when he's on fire, that reckless shot goes for six. When he's not on fire, it's spoons up in the air and he gets caught and there's a lot of the Indian public lost a, a lot of patience with him didn't they whereas I think I'm in the same boat as you I've, I've watched him in the IPL I've watched him from very early on and I've always been a massive fan he, he's worth maybe suffering the bad days so you can really enjoy the good days oh absolutely and, and he's got the opposite problem of Sanju actually because he is what is what I would call an ugly batsman because he's, he's he hits sixes with one hand he falls over he's coughing all over the place not that <laughs> quick through the wickets he's exciting because he just takes takes risks. But coming back to your question on captaincy, so he's had that phase, he's gone to Australia, he's played those two fantastic innings, one at Sydney, one at the Gabba. He's played that, I think, what was his most brilliant innings in the last test match against England. I thought that was that was a coming of age innings for me. Yeah. It was stepping out of the shadows of MS Dhoni and all the other things that had gone before him. With all of that last three, four years was wiped away for me by that. It wasn't even the Gabba innings because that, that would have been a flash in the pan. It was the fourth test match against England, series on the line, World Test Championship on the line, England ahead in the game, really fighting hard. And then he bides his time and it's showed me the maturity that he brought to his cricket. It was, I'm getting goosebumps just, just talking about it. It's just fantastic. But captaincy particularly, he has captained before at first class level. He's led Delhi into the, uh, he plays for Delhi as well at the domestic Ranji Trophy uh, competition. He's captained them into a final in 2017. But for me, I would have just, and it's a natural, it's almost a natural succession because he was vice captain last year. He's been made captain this year. So it's fine in, on that sense. But like you, I would have just liked him to be allowed to play because you've got Rahane in that team you've got Ashwin in that team you've got Steve Smith in that team you've got Shikhar Dhawan in that team so you do have people who can take on that captaincy I think with Smith they would have worried about the foreign player with Ashwin it would have been fitness Rahane is not a certainty in this in in the 11 as well so I think the only other option they really had would have been Shikhar Dhawan right up top and given Pant being vice captain and in a red hot vein of form plus the publicity and the PR that they got out of it I mean, the first game of the IPL is Pant versus MSD, right? Yeah. <laughs> for, for Delhi, that is. I mean, um, obviously, uh, Delhi M- fans, MSD, for me, the IPL really starts then. Yeah, MSD is uh, Rishabh Pant's hero, isn't he? So it's going to be a, a really big game for him, I'm sure. I mean, the, the, the advantage with Rishabh Pant is he's got all of those names that you said around him in the squad. So he's got plenty of in that leadership group that can help him through as well. and I sent the Badger a message and now I'm on the podcast with this jingle. If you would like to get in touch with the Cricket Badger podcast, then tweet at cricket underscore badger. 
I've been sat at home and I just want to play cricket, you know. Can I just want to go out there and play cricket? I know exactly the right place for you to go to. Where's that, Mr Badger? I think you should go and check out blackratcricket.co.uk. Blackratcricket.co.uk? Blackrat Cricket have a swanky new website and everything you need to get the most out of your game. Bats, equipment, they can make your dreams come true. Oh, thank you very much, Mr Badger. I'm going to go and check it out now. Oh, and don't forget, when you check out, quote, Badger, and you can get yourself 15% off whatever you purchase from blackratcricket.co.uk. 15% off? That's a cracking deal. Thanks, Mr Badger. It's a pleasure. And thank you very much to blackratcricket.co.uk for their support of our IPL 2021 daily podcasts. Check them out. And remember, when you've got everything in your shopping cart, quote Badger and get yourself 15% off. Good luck for the season, everybody. Just one final question on Rajasthan Royals. If I'd given you a IPL budget at that last auction and you'd had Rajasthan Royals cash, would Chris Morris have got the bid that they they sought him for? I mean, there's no doubt Chris Morris is a very good T20 player. He can provide runs down the order and he's a pretty reliable bowler. Is he the most expensive player of all time in IPL? I know he is, but should he be? So that's an interesting question because we spoke to uh, Jake Lash Makram, who's the CEO of the Rajasthan Royals on the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast. And he talked about going out there with targets in mind. And he said that the last bid that they put in was would have been their final bid because they would have run out of their purse. So they went in for Shivam Dube, they went in for Chris Morris. And out of the players available in this round, and if you're looking for a fast-balling all-rounder, which, which, were, which were the guys who went for the premium uh, prices? You had Kyle Jamieson, you had Jai Richardson, you had... I mean, Chris Morris has played the IPL. He's got the potential to be a game-changer. He just has... He's kind of like Maxwell in a way. He doesn't really deliver on that potential. Though on paper he's 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 an incredible choice to add, and I think RCB were looking to release him and buy him back for less money, but that sort of backfired because the Rajasthan Royals went all out and they had a little bit of cash to spend. I'm not sure he would have gone for that much money in a in a regular mega auction, but we're looking to plug specific gaps. I think it was a good buy for them and it's worked out even better with, with Jofra leaving. I mean, yeah. they've done well to get um, a fast bowling all-rounder, although there is a question around injury for him as well, isn't there? Who's seventh in your list? I am going to go with the Kings eleven Punjab. Do you know what? You, so far, you were exactly the same as me. <laughs> I've got Rajasthan Royals in eighth and Kings eleven Punjab or Punjab Kings, as we yeah. have to call them these days. In in seventh yeah, Punjab Kings. I mean, they, they they are um, a side who. I mean, like all of these that we're going to mention towards the bottom end of the table, they need a good start, don't they? They need to get that confidence. We know that T Twenty, that word momentum that we use a lot in sport. If you can get off to a good start and to get confidence that what the coaches are trying to drum into you what the captain's doing, all of your strategies are working. That mushrooms, isn't it, into something a lot more tangible further down the line, you'd hope. If they get off to a poor start, Rajasthan Royals, Kings Eleven, and whoever else we mentioned who are going to be out of our playoff race, the doubts then manifest themselves and they multiply, don't they? And for Kings Eleven and Rajasthan Royals in particular, they need to get off to a good start. You also don't want to get off to too good a start because the uh, Kings Eleven Punjab, as they used to be, used to win their first five or six games and then just tail off to the back end. Last and they, year, and they, they, d- they the did it the way. other way. Way, didn't they? Yeah, last yeah, year they, yeah. they 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 were bottom of the table and had to. Talk, they played catch up, but never quite caught up last year, didn't they? Yeah, and and it's it's about consistency in this in this tournament. It's about consistency, peaking at the right time. Even Delhi had a bit of a scare last year, where they won a lot up front and then they kind of tailed off to the back end and then had a revival back into the playoffs. Kings Eleven, they've got a squad which is capable of winning this whole tournament. Genuinely, I mean, their squad 
looks well-rounded. They're overseas players. They've got the players that they need uh, for the various slots. But it's a question of that team pulling together, whether KL Rahul can throw off those shackles of worrying about the middle order collapsing. I mean, last year they had Maxi. Maxi's since moved, but they've brought David Milan. And yeah, but KL was a good example of what we were talking about with the captaincy, really. He was given the captaincy his first full season last season, and he shouldered so much responsibility, and he played really well, and he scored the most runs in the competition, but it inhibited him in terms of his strike rate because he was being a bit cautious, wasn't he? He was, he was taking that responsibility not far too seriously, but he was really taking it to heart, and he was worried about the players coming, you know, he had, didn't have the confidence with the players coming in in the middle order. Uh, they got their combination wrong a little bit last year as well. Chris Gale didn't play the few, first few games. I suspect he might not start the first few games this year as well, just to uh, build up some anger in him so he can unleash later in the tournament, but um, I think David Milan will be a good pick for them. It'll allow Rahul, who's, I keep saying this on our podcast as well, he has the fastest IPL 50 mm. in his in the history of the tournament. He's got it off 14 balls, so he can smash the ball. He's got 100 for, or maybe a couple of hundreds for India in the T20 format as well. And he, he does hit the ball hard. We've well, seen him it, accelerate as well. But even last year, I mean, his strike rate was what, about 120, wasn't it? Somewhere 128, something around there, which isn't isn't pedestrian by any means and if you've got then somebody coming in and Nicholas Pura may be having a bigger tournament who can then hit home toward in the latter half of the innings then his contribution looks a lot more a lot better doesn't it but he didn't have anybody doing that for the Kings 11 last time yeah yeah absolutely I mean I'm not sure 128 in the power plays cuts it anymore in this form of the game he has the ability to go big he's got Puran coming in after him I mean Puran is going to be their game changer he's the X factor for me because yeah. I mean the way he hits the ball is just absolutely incredible. It's so clean. He, he looks like the guy who's learning a lot from people like Chris Gale by playing in the same franchise as him. And he's got that ability to just take a game away from, from the opposition. So I would love to see Rahul let himself go a little bit. Mayank as well, great open. I mean, their opening combination is fantastic. And then they've got Puran down the order. And then uh, they've got Shami. They've got, they've got kind of quite a good squad. They just need to pick the right four players and then go from there. Uh, the right four overseas players and then go from there. Let's go to number six then. In my, in my list, I'm going to tell you my number six is CSK because I think they might struggle to really get any better than they did last season with a not too much changed squad, again with neutral venues without that home advantage. Are you the same as me or have you got somebody else in your number six spot? Ah, So... I actually, on our podcast, uh, maybe it was an emotional decision because I'm I'm the biggest MSD fan. I, I just love him to bits and I would love to see him go out on, on a high. I would love to see him play another playoff. And so for me, CSK actually makes the playoffs. But, I mean, All right, okay. Their, their squad looks better this year. They, they've picked up some younger players. They were sort of working out what their combination was. But anyway, for six, I've actually got uh, the Royal Challengers Bangalore in there. Which... So, right, so your your CSK was in fourth, was it? Was that where you yes. put... Yes, yeah, I've got Because I've got, I've got RCB fourth. in fourth. Yeah, so we've, so got, got, we've, we've alternated we've those swapped. two. And I think RCB and CSK are probably the two hardest teams to actually make any predictions for. Yeah, because yeah, that, that's absolutely true. Yeah, yeah. You know, you look at you look at RCB, and we know they've they've massively underachieved down the years with the players they've had. They've invested in certain big sort of marquee signings, and then the rest have been on sort of like five pounds a game, haven't they? And underneath that, with, with RCB, I think it's as simple as that. They could they could win it, or they could finish eighth. 
nothing would surprise me with RCB. And the, probably the same is true of CSK. With RCB, they, they went in and they got some quite big players. They got Maxi in. So maybe he's the um, third musketeer along with um, A.B. de Villiers and, and Virat Kohli coming in. They got, they've got Kyle Jamieson, obviously, to bowl those Yorkers and bouncers and slow balls and stuff. I don't know with RCB. As you say, they're, they're super unpredictable. I really like them as a team. I, I, I love watching Kohli play. I love watching DDP bat. A.B. de Villiers, of course, they're so exciting, but they never managed to quite pull it all together. That that's Well, they're the height the of inconsistency, issue. aren't they? Because they, they can absolutely batter a team one day with ABD getting a massive 100 and everybody bowling beautifully. They turn up three days later and they get stuffed. They're a very good side to watch because you're never quite sure what they're going to do. And they are capable of the miraculous, but they're also capable of the very, very ordinary. Yeah, and, and they've got, they've actually got three, they've got a lot of test cricketers in there. They've got Washington Sundar, who can play, who I thought was a T20 specialist before uh, he made his debut in Australia. And he's a useful T20 cricketer. You've got uh, Mohamed Siraj, who's really made a name for himself in the last six months or so. You've got Yuzvinder Chahel bowling those leggies. So, I mean, there are a lot of very decent cricketers, captained, of course, by Virat Kohli. Uh, the biggest black mark against his captaincy record is probably not winning an IPL for uh, the RCB. Massively passionate fans. I mean, they made the final three times, so there's no reason why they can't go all the way. I, I just think that there hasn't been enough of a change for me. I would love to see them make the playoffs at possibly the expense of one of the other teams. Uh, but I... Uh, They've got Dan Christian as well this time, so maybe they've got some low order. But they, they just look unbalanced. They don't seem like they're going to pull together and come through ever, which is which is they're mercurial. They're, they're, they're kind of the IPLs uh, um, Pakistan in some ways. I thought Dan Christian was probably the signing of the of the auction. You know, wherever he goes, they lift a trophy. And he's got a wise head on his shoulders as well. He's captained a lot of the size he's played in. He provides a little bit with the ball, can provide some very important runs with the bat as well. I see him as being somebody that, if Virat Kohli's got any sense, he will be leaning on a lot during this IPL. Yeah, and I think Jameson as well. Christian Jameson, um, I'd say ABD and Maxwell will be there for uh, overseas. And then that'll be around. I mean, they, they, they've got to fill one batting slot and that will be by um, uh, I, I think it's likely to be Mohamed Azruddin who'll do that and uh, not the not the original but the uh, the revised version yeah. of uh, Azar who I think got 137 balls last time the uh, domestic tournament was played so kind of a big hitter scores quickly so I mean they, they, again they've got their bases covered it'll be it'll remain to be seen how they gel together and come through it because they can lose six on the trot or they can win six on the trot which they've done as well Kohli's reeled off 500s in a in a IPL in a bit to kind of take them there single-handedly but he's also had a pretty torrid time in, in some of these tournaments well, we, 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 we've spoken a lot on the Cricket Badger podcast during the uh, the recent series but also in previous IPLs about whether Kohli's actually a good captain or not and I think T20 is probably his weakest captaincy area one of our fan badges basically put it quite nicely I think that in a test match when he's got experience men around him he's got time to put right his mistakes in a T20 you don't get that time because if you blink and there's four overs gone you've made a mistake and the game has changed and I, I think Virat struggles in that regard I'd love to see him have success because I really rate him I love watching him play I just think he's a little bit too hyped up all the time he's, he's not even keel captain he's just a, a basically he's a volcano just waiting to erupt all the, every time you look at him yeah and I mean uh, I'm, a, I'm a massive fan of Kohli and uh, as captain as well at least for India I, 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 there's the argument to be made 
bit for for Rohit Sharma taking over captaincy and stuff. I I don't see the logic to change a winning game really. I mean, they they seem to be winning a lot, so it would seem a bit odd to change captaincy plus Rohit does I mean D- DJ I could, I, could, I, I could put you in charge of this current Indian side and you'd win matches <laughs> well I mean you could say that about the great side of the past you could say that about Ponting's team as well right and on paper he's he's winning games and that's what you have captains in place for if captains start losing games we can talk about changing them but captaincy debate we've we've been on it for ages and um, I mean the the idea being he hasn't won a world tournament yet no? he, what can he do about the team collapsing in the semi-finals there's nothing <laughs> He can do if you get bowled out in the Champions Trophy, you get bowled out in the in the semi final against New Zealand, Lockie Ferguson, and Trent bowled running through you. There is nothing the captain can do other than watch from the dressing room True. at that stage. So, uh, I mean, with, with, there's probably a point there that he feels out on the boundary, he's probably not as close to some of the action, but he's also one of those people who's really hard on himself. So, you can probably see his emotion come through more clearly than you would see with an MS Dhoni or a or, or a Rohit Sharma, in fact, because Rohit's very calm very he, he looks like he's in control but even in the England T20s and I know you're a big Rohit Sharma fan when Shardul was bowling that last over you could see the pressure was telling even on the five-time champion Mumbai Indians captain so I felt though in the um, in the recent series against England I, I watched them very, very closely during those games and I felt that when India were winning he was his usual punching the air Everything was a, come on, yes, boys, all the rest of it, really up and at him. When India were behind and starting to look as if they were going to lose a game, he got very subdued. I much prefer personally to see a captain who is even keel. So if a fielder on the boundary looks towards their captain, which fielders do, they look to their captain for obviously where they're going to be in the field, but also for inspiration and what the captain's doing and how he's looking. I think when a team's losing under Virat Kohli, there's not a huge amount of positivity coming out of him towards his, his uh, fielders. Whereas when he's winning, they probably don't need as much motivation because they'll know they're doing well and he's punching the air and everything's a, a, a yee-haw yeah, there's a little bit of room for middle ground but that's just Virat Kohli isn't it he's a tempestuous yeah. kind of individual yeah well I would say he's a leader of man he leads by example and he wears his heart on his sleeve and I mean if you're losing there's not really much you can say but the one thing I can tell you having watched him on the field from the stands is that the amount of energy he puts into every game is absolutely unbelievable just I standing I bet he's absolutely knackered by that. even yeah, after a 20 over game, game he must be knackered every game yeah. It's, it's incredible. You watch him in the slips in, in a test match, right? Every time the ball goes past, past the bat, he's up. He, he's, he's, oh, yeah. we, oh, he's just like, I don't know how he gets the energy and he loves the game. You can see he loves the game and it's probably a little bit of the great players, the amount they expect from their teammates. Yeah. It, the expectation they set is so high that when it doesn't quite reach those expectations, Sachin Tendulkar had that problem. He he would lose a game in the West Indies and he would cry to himself and he would he would just be like, what can I do to make you guys better? I mean, I don't know what to do to do with you. I know what to do with myself, but I can't make you guys do it for me. And he would he would just absolutely be shattered every time they lost uh, lost games under his captaincy. And Kohli isn't quite there on uh, at that end of the spectrum, but I suspect there's, he doesn't bowl. All he can do is be in the field and maybe he can tone it down a bit but he has over the years and he's learned how to carry himself a a bit better on the field but when you're losing I mean to be totally honest there's not a whole lot captain can really do I I, I just think that you you look at um, some of the great captains some of the captains that fit my bill of what I think is a great captain Owen Morgan in the current era but Akuma Sangakara Jaya Wardner some of the other guys that we've seen have success when they're losing if you you tuned into their face after 14 overs of a T20 you wouldn't know if they were winning or losing with Virat you know exactly 
exactly what he's thinking. The one innings I can think of Mahela actually when he thought he'd won it was uh, the World Cup final in 2011 where he scored that brilliant 100. It was a fantastic innings. I was actually at the ground watching it. It didn't even feel like he'd scored 100 because he was so silky. But you could tell that the emotion comes out even in the great players. And with Morgan, Iceman, right? With Steve Waugh, Iceman, Iceman. I, I, I actually think, I mean, Morgan's a little bit unnatural myself. I, a, yeah, lot of it, yeah. a lot of Englishmen say that he's the perfect example of what a captain should be. I think it's quite a natural to be able to look so cool. In a World Cup final, you're going into a Super Over, everything you've worked for for the last four years is on the line and you look cool as a cucumber. That is not normal. That is not normal yeah. behaviour. Yeah, and you can see MS Dhoni as well. I mean, th- there were a few times that you could see his emotion actually come through in the early days. One was against Pakistan where India won the t- t- 20, uh, 2007 World Cup where Misbah scooped it to fine leg. And then the other one was e- against England in the Champions Trophy where he, he starts jumping up and all where I think made James Treadwell misses, misses one. In the 2011 World Cup, hits a six, looks cool and, and walks off. But I think it's all, it's a facade at the end of it. These people are are holding their emotions in check, which is great if you can do it. But yeah. I would rather Kohli spend that energy on the field and spend it trying to hold his emotions in I th- check. I think with Virat, there is so many more positives than the negative I give. Um, it's the negative I give is something that frustrates me with him, but he brings so much to that side yeah. internationally and to the RCB, off the field as well as on it, that you can probably put up with a little bit of uh, an emotional yeah. Kohli every now and again on the pitch. Brought to you in association with Who Knows Wins, put your money where your mates are, and play along with the Cricket Badger. Thanks for listening. We'll be back every day throughout IPL 14. Have your say on Twitter on at Cricket underscore Badger. We'll see you again tomorrow. Podcast Network.